please be seated for our Bible reading. The reading is taken from the book of Proverbs, chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. It can be found on page 614 of the Old Testament section of the Church Bible. In this reading, the writer to the Proverbs describes the value of wisdom in life. My child, if you accept my words and treasure up my commandments within you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding, if you indeed cry out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom, from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk blamelessly, guarding the paths of justice and preserving the way of his faithful ones. Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity, every good path. For wisdom will come into your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Prudence will watch over you and understanding will guard you. It will save you from the way of evil, from those who speak perversely, who forsake the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice in doing evil and delight in the perverseness of evil, those whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. You will be saved from the loose woman from the adulteress with her smooth words, who forsakes the partner of her youth and forgets her sacred covenant. For her way leads down to death and her paths to the shades. Those who go to her never come back, nor do they regain the paths of life. Therefore, walk in the way of the good and keep to the paths of the just. For the upright will abide in the land and the innocent will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the land and the treacherous will be rooted out of it. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Morning, everyone. Would you... Join me in a short prayer before I begin. Father, we come to you in humility to ask for your guidance as we earnestly seek your wisdom for our lives and the discipline to apply it. Amen. Well, today is the second in our series on Proverbs under the general title, Wisdom, for the whole of life with this morning's theme, A Path to Take. And our reading in Proverbs 2 begins with an exhortation to search earnestly for wisdom, a quest that is one way in which the words of Paul to the Philippians can be applied to work out our own salvation in fear 
and trembling. In Philippians 2, verse 13, Paul goes on, For it is God who works in you to act according to his good purpose. Proverbs 2, 1 to 4 in um, our reading, and I use the NIV uh, translation, um, uses urgent language. Accept my words. Store up my commands. Turn your ear to wisdom. Apply your heart to understanding. Call out for insight. Cry aloud for understanding. Seek her as you would silver. Search for her as for hidden treasure. And you'll note there that the NIV and indeed all the uh, traditional uh, translations have personified wisdom as a woman. And uh, with apologies to the gentleman, uh, in my experience, I think that's entirely appropriate since uh, as I look back on my life, I see that if I'd listened to my wife more, I'd have avoided a huge number of difficulties. But as she graciously acknowledges, uh, our journey together might not have been quite so interesting. So, we are to hunt for wisdom. And as we've seen from that language, that imperative language, it's important that we do because there are huge benefits to be had. Verse 5, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God, for the Lord gives wisdom. So although wisdom is God-given, we still have to seek it out. And so do we appreciate now the tension there and the parallel with the outworking of our salvation. Salvation is, of course, a gift from God, but we still need to work it out in our lives and to do so with fear and trembling, with that deep, heartfelt respect for the Lord. So wisdom is not the result of human effort, but we are required actively to seek it And as part of our search, we can also pray for it. Indeed, prayer is an integral part of that search. As James advises in his letter, chapter 1, verse 5, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault. There's also another element to our search for wisdom, I believe that when we do so sincerely and ardently, and remember God sees into our hearts, there's no pulling the wool over his eyes, but if we do so sincerely, search for wisdom, I believe that pleases God. And the reason I say that is the example of Solomon that Ian mentioned in his introductory sermon to this series last week. God appeared to the young king Solomon in a dream and said, ask for whatever you want me to give you. What a question. What a conundrum in a way. What a problem. It's almost a, a magic lamp moment, isn't it? Ask for whatever you want me to give you. But Solomon 
didn't get carried away. He realized that he was, he described himself as a little child and he didn't know how to carry out his royal duties. He didn't feel up to them because of his youth. So he asked for a discerning heart to govern. Oh, that our political leaders today would ask for the same thing. And he asked to be able to to distinguish right from wrong. And this pleased God, who not only granted his prayer and made him the wisest person who ever lived, but he also gave him what he had not asked for, riches and honour. Many of you will remember Daniel Cousins, the founder of the Walk of a Thousand Men, which began in the early 90s. And at that time, Dan was a regular visitor to St. Juan and encouraged me uh, as a young Christian uh, to go on the first walk. And I found it such a blessing uh, that I went on uh, six more of them. And he told me later on in those walks that um, as a young vicar, and evangelist, he had asked God to give him 10,000 souls, you know, to be able to convert 10,000 people to Christ. But he said to me, much later in his life, he realized that he should have asked for more. So be careful what you ask for, be careful how you deal with prayer. So our mere search for wisdom pleases God and is thus good in itself. There are other benefits. Verse 9, while we will not be as wise as Solomon, we will understand what is right and just and fair. Every good path. This is our theme today, a path to take. But perhaps it should be the path to take because there's really only one path that you'd want to take, isn't there? Which is God's path. Our choice is a simple one. It's either to follow God or forsake him. And it boils down to what we want from our lives and how badly do we want it. Fundamental questions which we all ought to address. The Swiss have a saying, be careful what you want because you get it, meaning that your heart's desire inevitably will take precedence and in effect become an obsession. Verse 10, for wisdom will enter your heart That's not immediately what we would expect, is it? You'd you'd think that wisdom would enter into your mind or your spirit. But the heart was, for the ancients, the centre of their physical, intellectual and emotional being. Verse 10 continues, And knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion, which contains the idea there, of a purpose, of moving towards a goal, will protect you and understanding will guard you. So there's a choice 
to be made. We arrive at a crossroads, which path to take, where to go. For the Christian, it's simple. It's either the way of folly, of forsaking God, or wisdom's way, accepting God's word and his commands. Well, some might ask, well, why bother? You know, what difference does it make? Is it that big a deal? The second part of our reading tells us. Verse 12. Wisdom will save you from the ways of wicked men whose words are perverse. Literally, who speak things which are turned upside down. And we see examples of that in the politics of various trouble spots today, Belarus, Russia, China, North Korea, black dressed as white, lies, common currency. It's called misinformation. And of course, it happens everywhere. These people leave straight paths to walk in dark ways, which in our society perhaps would mean drug, alcohol, other abuse. People who delight in wrongdoing and rejoice in evil. ISIS, the Taliban and other groups who gloat over atrocities or misfortunes of their sworn enemies. People whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. I think we've all encountered a few of those, haven't we? Particularly those of us in business. So the benefit of wisdom is to avoid that lot, basically. Another major benefit of wisdom, verse 16, is that it will save you from the adulteress. Remember, Solomon begins his book by addressing it to young men. Listen, my son, to your father's instruction. So it's quite appropriate for dad to warn his son about the woman who has left the partner of her youth and, verse 17, ignored the covenant she made before God. And this is not only about unfaithful wives. There's an underlying reference to the bigger picture. Implied here is the covenant relationship of God's people, Israel, with their Lord, which, of course, they broke time and again. The foundation of that covenant was the law of Moses and the Ten Commandments, the seventh of which is, you shall not commit adultery. Why? Because verse 18 tells us that the house of the adulteress leads down to death and her paths to the spirits of the dead. None who go to her return or attain the paths of life. Imagery there of a slippery slope from which there is no recovery. But note also the last phrase there, the paths of life, plural. Hinting perhaps at the many varied and I believe joyful ways in which life can be lived properly and to the glory of God. You see, in his infinite wisdom and love, 
God wants us to make the most of our precious time on earth. But this is only possible within the necessary and wholesome boundaries he has set for our own good. And yet, we live in an increasingly godless society where mankind and its technology is paramount and human rights reign supreme, the right to be forgotten and the right to die being the latest audacious extensions. It's as if society has been deluded into thinking that mankind is in control that as long as we elect the right people to lead and pass the right laws, we can fix things. Our horizon of hope extends only to the next election, as if that will change things. That a new party in power will somehow be the equivalent of a political COVID vaccination against the sin, stupidity and sluggishness we continue to witness and suffer from. We've seen Proverbs' astute personification of wisdom as a woman, winsome, attractive, a delight to know. She enters our hearts in a way that is joyful and affirming. She is to be sought and won, and once gained, she will protect, guard, and save. And we need saving from the seduction of folly, from the temptation to forsake God and take the wrong path. But if, verse 20, we seek wisdom, we will walk in the ways of good men and keep the paths of the righteous. And that's a goal worth going for. Which brings us back to our fundamental questions. What do we want from life? How badly Do we want it? And what what are we prepared to sacrifice or give for it? All wisdom asks is that we leave aside our selfishness and pride and choose her path. And if we do, it will be pleasant. We will live in harmony with God's creation and with each other. And the feel-good factor will return. Now, it won't for a moment, of course, be all beer and skittles, as they would say in Australia. And we may sometimes stray off course, but we'll be heading in the right direction. In my Christian journey, I've found that if you are on the right track, you can expect opposition. And in fact, uh, the flack becomes more intense the nearer you get to the target. So be careful what you want. And as Moses said to his people as they were about to enter the promised land, choose life. As a young man, I sought knowledge and wisdom for various reasons and studied all sorts of writings, including those of Professor Miguel de Unamuno, a Spanish philosopher and the rector of the University of Salamanca in the 1930s. So bear with me 
as I finish with some of his quotes, one of which I've altered slightly. Harking back to the young King Solomon's dream, Unamuno said this, I am dreaming, and I would act well, for good deeds are not lost, even in dreams. And in case we feel tentative about seeking wisdom, can I encourage you to step out? Because he also said this, we derive wisdom from our acts and not from our contemplations. And finally, commenting on the ends of good actions, and in case we fear getting it wrong as we step out in that search for wisdom, Unamuno had this to say. And who ever told you, narrow spirits, that the final destiny of man consists of ensuring a social order on earth or of stamping out the apparent injuries which we call crimes and offences. Ah, poor men, you will always see in God a scarecrow or a gendarme instead of a father who longs to pardon his children. Don't be afraid to begin search for wisdom, step out in courage and seek her with all your hearts. Amen.